1: It's been a month of extreme weather, record breaking temperatures, factor 50 and a great deal of watering, but as they say in the business, the show must go on. And certainly at RHS flower show Tatton Park last week, a huge effort was made to keep the plants and the gardeners in great shape for the return of the Northwest's most prestigious gardening event. Just 15 miles south of Manchester city centre at Tatton Park in Knutsford, the RHS hosted four action packed days of gardening inspiration, grow your own expertise, workshops and exhibitors. And Liz Potter, the executive editor of the RHS magazine The Garden was there on our behalf. Hi Liz, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi Gareth, nice to be here.
1: So Liz, today with your help, we're going to be exploring some of the key themes and highlights from the show, including gardens from new designers, women at HMP-style prison, and a vitamin G garden. So it feels like you could describe the restorative nature of gardening as being the big theme at this year's show. Would you say that's true?
2: Yes, I think fittingly, given the weather, one of our first big focuses was on climate and sustainability. There was a whole section dedicated to greener front gardens, restoring tarmac driveways back to little oases of nature. I loved the planting, the way that they'd introduced natural habitats for birds and nectar-rich flowers. So that was really exciting. BBC Local Radio in Lancashire and Merseyside also ran a competition alongside the RHS for listeners to design planet-friendly gardens, three of which were built and featured in the show with ideas surrounding recycled materials rain harvesting green roofs and wildflower planting
1: and there was another thread wasn't there linked a bit more to well-being
2: the uh, vitamin g garden was particularly strong on that i thought
1: fabulous and these therapeutic forces of nature were also reflected in the young designer category so why don't we start there hi i'm alex i designed the garden slow down
3: breathe deep which is part of the Young Designer of the Year competition at Tasson Park. The garden's about uh, NHS staff and the workloads that they go through and the, the workplace stress. As a way to give back to NHS, I thought, as a professional, giving a garden to the staff at one of the local community hospitals was probably the best way I could do it. So the garden's theme is around countering workplace stress. And it's full of natural shapes, meandering paths that lead towards a destination point where they can sit and look over a pond and gather their thoughts or ground themselves in the natural environment. In my garden, I've got a grassy matrix planting, which is based from a natural prairie meadow. It uses color and flowers sparingly, which creates more focus on the flowers when they do come out and it, it's not too overwhelming which allows the, the gardener or the user to sort of feel a little bit more relaxed and you know, reduce the stress without being oversensitized. So my top tip would be to use a grassy matrix in a border. So use a lot of one species and then interplant it with your highlight plants. Use colour sparingly. I've used Millennia Transparent in the grass matrix. It's got quite a slender seed head, which allows the flowers to sort of pop through it. Other grasses that are really good for it are Deschampsia. Uh, mine is uh, Tauprega. Other Millenias, you know, there's Carl Forster and Windspiel, which are really good cultivars as well. And obviously with the Milenia, you get really lovely burnt orange color in the autumn, which just adds an extra dimension to that planting scheme. Bit of seasonal interest as well. So, uh, ditch the flowers, get out there, and give some grasses a chance.
4: My name is Rachel Platt, and this is the COVID Recovery Garden. And we currently sat in the semi-transparent arbour at the top end of the garden. And really, the inspiration for this garden came from my experience of having long COVID and the trials and tribulations of recovering over six months. So this garden afterwards, it's um, going to a community hospital so they can have somewhere to sit out and enjoy after work at lunch and for patients as well as part of their recovery process, they're going to maintain this garden. When I decided COVID, I thought, right, I need some kind of layout to the garden. And then I thought about the medical insignia which you see on NHS badges and things. And I thought, oh, that'd be quite a good idea. Started playing around with shapes using that. Came up with this kind of calculus idea of the snakes going around a pin, which is where, you know, the pins, the rain channel, and you've got the winding snakes around the pin with the porcelain path. And this top bit that we're sitting in now, it's a sphere. So that would be like the top of the pin of the calculus. And then in terms of the planting, it's woodland inspired. They say woodland gardens and particularly shades of green provides much more restful qualities than I would say lots of colour and vibrancy. So for air purification, the plants I've chosen were Taxus baccata, Betula utilis, and Eleagnus eboni. And for home, you know, people want to take inspiration from this and grow them from home, all the plant list is there. But it's mainly for like woodland gardens. So we're going from full sun to partial shade here. And there's lots of things that you can definitely have access to, like the ferns, the litrum you can buy and the estrantia. And the planting conditions specifically for this garden was full sun to partial shade, but neutral and loamy soil. So all these plants are neutral loamy soil. I mean they say on the IHS website as well which is where I got a lot of my research from was that spiny dark green leaves, um, waxy leaves, anything that's evergreen really like absorbs a lot of CO2 and also absorbs those pollutants because they catch them in the air as they go past them and you can notice the difference you know whenever you go into London and you come back out into the countryside and you just take that deep breath of fresh air and it makes you feel so much better so It was really about creating something that you could sit in and recover and get as much fresh air in your lungs as possible, really.
1: You heard Alex Pettit from the Slow Down, Breathe Deep Garden talking about the calming effects you can achieve with a grass matrix. And this is the idea of having one main repeating plant in your scheme. In his case, it was millennia transparent, Melinia carolera. It's a purple moorgrass. It's actually a native plant to the UK, which forms a backdrop for the other plants or a kind of a repeating element. And that gives a cohesion to the design and our eye is somehow attracted to that. And that's a really nice design tip. Then we heard Rachel Platt from the COVID Recovery Garden, and her focus was on air purification plants, looking to the woodland for inspiration. So we've got you, Taxis Picarta, we've got Birch, betula Utilis, Eliagnus as well. And this kind of links to some RHS research, which was done a couple of years ago, talking about how different plants can actually have really, really quantifiably good effects on air pollution. So we actually found that the very best one was something called Cotoneaster franchetii, which is an evergreen plant, like Rachel said, and it also has these lovely sort of slightly hairy leaves and they trap all the pollutants on the leaves. But Liz, tell me, what did you think about these gardens?
2: I particularly like the idea of a grass matrix. Mm. I've never heard of that before. I've got a lot of steeper tenuous in my garden at home.
1: Maybe you've made a grass matrix and not realised. I
2: might have made one and not (laughs) realised. It is a fantastic plant for cohesion, as you say, and uh, really beautiful, lovely, wafty Mm. effects that are very, very soothing on the frazzled
1: nerves. Yeah, there is something really relaxing about seeing grasses kind of sway in the breeze, isn't there? definitely. I don't have a grass matrix in my garden. My garden's very small, it's very urban, so I've got quite a lot of shade tolerant planting. So I've got a plant called astelia, which looks a bit like a small formium. It's kind of grassy, kind of sword-shaped leaves, quite silvery. And I've repeated that in the garden. and I've picked it up with some spider plants as well. I use those as um like almost like as bedding plants over the summer, and they have the same shape but a slightly different color. Lovely. and it's, yeah, and the eye just really seems to enjoy that kind of linking things together. I think the
2: repetition. yeah, Definitely. absolutely.
1: So, Liz, did you have any other favourite gardens in the young designer category?
2: I thought they were all tremendous. Um, One of the main trends we saw from the shows uh, this year is the trend of having multi-stem trees in the garden. And I was quite um, interested and excited to see so Mm. many small trees creating that height, shade, structural interest, uh, seasonal colour. So, you know, obviously that that would be the potential in a small garden. A really lovely idea. If you like colour, the Come Line With Me garden, inspired by a designer, Emma Tipping's Anglo-Guyanese heritage, uh, was wonderfully bright and colourful compared to all those soothing
1: yes. Yeah, and they had, she had that lovely and... panel, didn't she? That coloured panel backing a seat.
2: Yes, absolutely mm. stunning. Uh, I also loved Tom Clark's Moroccan courtyard garden called Paradise Found. That uh, was very luxurious and I loved the beautiful uh, colour scheme, which was all pinks and blues and whites together. So that was, again, really lovely, mm. chic design, I thought. It's actually a garden called the Working From Home Garden by Will Scully that took the award for Young Designer of the Year. So congratulations to him. Um, his garden was centred around a home office pod, which yes, a lot of us big, can relate to. Well, we'd like to relate to. Yep. <laughs>
1: we'd like to be <laughs> able to afford them,
2: wouldn't we? Uh, working from home is a yeah. big thing since the pandemic. Yes. So
1: I suppose, yeah, with the price of petrol, you're saving a lot of money, Absolutely. not commuting. So Absolutely. why not, why not invest that in your own property? Good idea. And you can see photos of all these gardens on the RHS website. But while we're on the subject of awards, the award for the best garden overall at Tatum went to Cotton Traders' Greener Future Garden, which was part of the Greener Front Gardens category. So Liz, what do you think made it stand out?
2: Well, it was a lovely garden. I spoke to the designer, Lynn Cordell, who I managed to speak to on the day. She talked me through some of the planting. The design was quite modern. She she was quite keen to get away from the idea of sustainable gardens having to look very wild and woolly. Um, It was very clean yeah, modern smart, contemporary smart mm. she had little patches of planting in the gravel and lots of very very nectar rich planting for bees but especially butterflies because she thought that the numbers of butterflies had declined recently so she was very yes, keen on
1: people fo- focus a lot on bees and they forget that they they're forget not the only pollinator exactly. yeah.
2: so she had plants like verbascums geranium rosan eryngium joseiching Achillea moonshine, Acapanthus, dr. brow, which is a lovely dark stem one. Mm. And she created a little alpine roof, which was a nice twist on, an alternative to sedum roofs, which yeah. I thought very attractive to bees and butterflies again.
1: Yeah, lovely. That's on the bin store, isn't it, I think? That's right. Yeah,
2: yeah. great great idea to create the extra planting yeah, space. Yeah, because
1: in a garden that size, every square inch matters Absolutely. and she's really made every square inch kind of really sing and, and work hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. And she's even got um, some slender birches in there as well which is a nice way to create height and a you know more vertical planting yes, a, yeah because you're not space. taking up a great
1: deal of ground space and because they've they've sort of been crown lifted they've they're multi-stems and there's not much leaf at ground level but you've got these beautiful beautiful white stems
2: it creates planting mm. underneath great stuff yeah
1: Another garden that we've already mentioned that's getting a lot of attention, at Tatton, was the Vitamin G garden, designed by Alan Williams in conjunction with BBC Radio 2 presenter Joe Wiley. It's been enjoyed at flower shows. We've both seen it, haven't we, at um, Malvern and Chelsea and Hampton, and it's been lovely to kind of see it evolve and change over the seasons. But it takes inspiration from RHS, evidence-based research, published by Professor Alistair Griffiths and Dr. anne that proves how gardening benefits our mental, physical and social well-being. So we spoke to Lauriane earlier about the science behind this beautiful and useful space.
5: My name is Lauriane shalman and I'm the RHS Wellbeing Fellow in the Environmental Horticulture team and also at the University of Sheffield Landscape Architecture Department. I'd love to talk to you today about my research that is underpinning the vitamin G garden that is now at Tatton and the process through which we went from the research to the embodiment of that research in the garden. The experiment that underpinned this research was essentially a before and after of a garden intervention in homes that had a space of front garden that was previously gray, and then we greened it up, so added ornamental plants, and we measured residents' psychological stress and well-being, and also their physiological stress. In practical terms, I was taking saliva samples from residents and measuring their cortisol levels before and after. So cortisol is a hormone that is known to regulate the body's stress. What's important with cortisol is not the absolute levels of do you have high levels of cortisol or low cortisol levels, it's more about the daily fluctuation of those levels. So what's great is to have higher cortisol levels in the morning and then that tapers down into the evening. What we found was that 24% of the residents had healthy cortisol patterns before the gardening intervention and about three months afterwards we took another measurement of their saliva and 53 percent of them had healthy cortisol patterns so the results of the experiment demonstrated that the gardens were really important for people's well-being There's not actually been any comparisons of the effect of gardens versus medication or SSRIs, for example, so that would be antidepressants. However, we do know that the impact of adding planters to the front garden had similar impacts to the longer-term effects of eight weeks of mindfulness intervention. I think everybody of course, gardens in a different way. If you like gardening because you enjoy listening to birdsong, that's wonderful. And we know that that has restorative benefits. But if you enjoy gardening, with your headphones on while listening to a podcast, for example, then you might miss out on the bird song, but you'll be getting something else from it. So I don't think that there's anything that you can do that would really be detrimental. There's no right way to garden. There's no wrong way to garden. However you're gardening, you'll still be getting some form of mental, physical or social benefit from your garden. So all this research has now become embodied in the vitamin G garden that is now at Tatton. As you're walking through the garden, there'll be the sound of your feet on the gravel. You may have wind going through the silver birches, which always is a lovely sound of the rustling silver birch leaves. What's quite important, I think, in terms of well-being is the sound of the water feature. So a little trickling fountain, we know that the sound of water, whether that's a river, or a brook, or a fountain, that that does have restorative benefits. I don't think we've quite established the kind of causal mechanisms as to why, but it might be linked to our evolution that as a species, water is essential for us. We are drawn to water. So I think that sound effect is really important. I suppose if someone does jump into the pool, you might hear the splash of that. (laughs) I hope there'll be lots of wildlife and birdsong that'll be coming to visit, especially something like the sound of a blackbird is really melodious. The final effect of this garden is a really fantastic overview and glimpse into all that a garden can be. So both the calming, reflective, quiet area but then also the element that's uplifting and social and exciting and invigorating and hopefully that will speak to many people. Of course when I saw it I got quite emotional seeing that this was my research embodied in a real garden but I think that I have seen that other people are getting quite emotional as well because they're seeing different aspects that they can do, that they really like, that they maybe already have, and that it's being demonstrated in quite a tangible way so that different people have different ideas about how they can optimise the wellbeing impacts that they get from their gardens.
1: Thanks to Dr. Lorian Xiaominbui, Liz, you saw the results of this research at Tatton. So t- tell us, what was it like?
2: I saw this garden many times, yeah. Gareth, and it was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. It's a real standout garden for me. Plants with all sorts of different colours and textures, shapes. The layout was zoned into mm. exciting areas with posts, upright posts that you can kind of glimpse through so you don't, although it divides the garden, you can still have, you don't get that sense of claustrophobia Yes, you can still glimpse sort through. Sort of adds,
1: and, adds the structure without kind of being too, too heavy. O- overbearing. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, also I loved the I lo- there was a plunge pool which on a very mm. hot day at Tatton Park was so <laughs> inviting. Tempting, I nearly yeah. jumped in it. Um, <laughs> I resisted. Uh, and also the artist studio there was a little studio, a little mm. kind of creative area that you could escape to. I mean I'd love to sit and, and paint or read you know, have some space for that. And also, and I've heard that they had these enormous concrete planters with multi-stem trees in, again, multi-stem trees. I think they were were, all bits
1: of... They um, were
2: recycled sewage pipes, which was quite an interesting um, idea, sustainability in action, obviously. I, I just love the idea of a garden being a well-being space somewhere that you can relax, unwind, mm. get the stress levels down. It's so, My garden's so important to me for that and I'm sure yeah. lots of our listeners will be very inspired and, and feel the same way about their garden.
1: So there's loads of ideas in the garden. If you're going to kind of boil down a couple of them for people to maybe take home what would you say I, there would be
2: i think i want to use upright posts in the garden that's mm. one of the trends that's been quite obvious at the shows this year lots of posts have been used and kind of deconstructed pergolas just to add height so that's something that i might try at home and obviously the planting just beautiful combinations of things like hostas and ferns and grasses things that combine textures yeah. and contrast and yeah, make that textural lovely. planting seems very to tactile. be very yeah,
1: yeah very of the moment doesn't it
2: definitely mm.
1: So, from textural planting and multi stem trees, one thing that we haven't really touched on is flowers. So, let's head over to the Floral Marquee at Hatton to hear about the fantastic array of plants that are on display.
6: Hi, I'm Helen Boehm. I work for the RHS. So, I look after the Floral Marquee, but I look after the Floral Marquees at all of our RHS shows, and I travel from show to show with our exhibitors. But what's great about Tatton is that we have lots of local nurseries that come and exhibit at the show. So we're really pleased to be able to support them and support the region especially with the specialist growers that are here. We've probably got about nearly 50 floral exhibits in the marquee at the moment. Also features from specialist societies. We've got an amazing exhibit by the British Cactus and Succulent Society as well as the Alpine Garden Society, sweet peas and bonsai. I mean it's a great opportunity to come and buy plants from really specialist growers from throughout the UK and it's a great opportunity to come and buy plants here that you wouldn't be able to buy at a garden centre. We've also got an exhibit in the floral marquee, which is our RHS master grower. So this is where we highlight a specialist nursery with photography on display, we film them, and we try and showcase what it's really like back at their nursery. So Heartside Nursery grow a wide range of plants, from alpines through to shady woodland plants. They've got a huge range, and they've got just the most amazing displays of gentians, primulas, they feature many other different types of alpine, saxifraga. but they're showcasing how they propagate those plants, how they produce them from seed, how anyone could actually grow them and it's trying to encourage people to sort of broaden their horizons with the plants that you can grow because you just wouldn't generally see these in many places. Alpine gardens are very intricate gardens. The plants are often a lot smaller because they have to adapt to the alpine environment to grow. They face pretty harsh conditions. So that's what's so interesting about looking at these plants. They've all had to adapt to grow in a certain way. They're always very colourful. There's lots of interesting textures. Some are evergreen, some are deciduous. So you do get a really good range of interest throughout the year. I mean, often people think they look best in spring, but when you come to the show here now in July, you can see that they really do sustain through the growing season. And even still now, there's an amazing array of colours and textures to be seen.
1: Thanks to Floral Development Manager, Helen Bowen.
6: So alpines,
2: Gareth, do you grow them?
1: I do grow a few, yes. I mean, I don't have a traditional rockery and it's interesting to see that, you know, these days, the idea that you have to have this great big rockery, like a great big pudding with big slabs of rock kind everywhere of seems to be going out the window, and whole new generations of gardeners are planting them in crevices, lifting up a paving slab on a patio, or planting up an old sink. I've actually got some old picture frames that I took the backs off and I've I've put mesh and compost in them. And I've got house leaks, sempervirums, and I've filled these frames with the sempervirums and I hang them on my garden fence, and they make quite an interesting feature. So, yes, I don't quite have an, my own alpine house rockery but I still grow this type of plant in my garden and I absolutely love them Mm.
2: so of course the floral marquee is a unique experience part of the flower show visiting experience and and a fantastic place to find nurseries that are at the top of their game that really know how to grow these plants and get really expert advice and shopping opportunities yes
1: I mean it's amazing to see all of these nurseries in one place isn't it pretty unique experience
2: yes yeah
1: so the final garden we want to feature in the podcast today takes a look at the restorative nature of gardening from a slightly different angle.
7: Hi, my name is Sharon. I work at HP Style. I run the crops and produce department and I deliver horticulture. We grow crops and produce to supply to the kitchens and our little bistro.
8: My name's Sam. I work in grounds maintenance at HMP Style. Very large grounds, green grounds, several different gardens to maintain. It's it's a big team.
7: HMP Style is a female only prison. Not far from here actually. Not far from here actually down the road. Um, Sentence can be anything from six weeks to life. So we have some women who've been in the prison system for a long, long time. Some of them quite involved in the gardens.
8: Semi-staff, you'd yeah, call
7: them. Absolutely, backbone of, of what we do. And then we have other women who would never, ever have been involved in a garden, probably never even had a garden, never seen really fresh fruit or veg. So, And then they get involved and then realize they're actually quite good at something they would never have had experience it, which is great because if they do leave, then it gives them, Another avenue to find employment and sometimes a bit of confidence that they've learned to skill and they're actually yeah, really, really you see good people
8: at. really coming out of shells, actually. Some people are so quiet, walls are up and then a month later it's a different person.
7: We tend not to have any preconceptions of the women and just treat everybody as as you would yeah, externally it's, with it's, a clean slate it's and a
8: blank slate, it's kind of you you hold no prejudices And the best bit
7: is trying to get people out of their shells or change attitudes or... It works. It really does. Or open up this whole environment which is completely alien to them. And a lot of women do come to us saying, I'm not very good at this or I'm not very good at that. And And, it's
8: just the fact that they've not tried it before.
7: Yeah, so it's great and it's nice. We have women who have had a fresh strawberry for the first time or had a pea from a pod and didn't realise... Peas came from pods. They thought, well, they came from frozen bags. And it, it's just watching the face, isn't it?
8: Yeah, and and it becomes that. It becomes a team over time. As I say, you've got a revolving door of a lot of different people, but you have a backbone of two or three, maybe even four women who are your your every day
7: turn up seven days a week. Don't yeah, they?
8: So, uh, sort of thing. And then they become kind of the leaders for the rest of them. Right.
7: So with the um, women in the prison we've put together, the theme of this garden is weeders and bloomers, looking back at women in history. And we've been growing these plants now for a couple of years. And it's a very cottagey, feminine, relaxing, pretty garden. That is just absolutely amazing. The idea behind the garden was looking at women through history, but not the obvious ladies like Gertrude Jekylls, looking at the women who are probably being forgotten about. So we looked as far back as we could into around 1650s, 1720s, and all the women who were paid, like a quarter of what men were paid, they were just employed to eat, um, some to pick fruit and vegetables and a lot of them then, through the decades, then weren't educated. It wasn't until the early, I think it was about 1910 that the first woman was introduced into Kew. And then, of course, the World War broke out and then there weren't many men around, so women were then on the fields doing what men would have done. And it's just all those women that we thought that sort of replicates what it's like in the prison. It's a lot of people who've been forgotten about. It's
8: a lot of out of sight, out of mind. We'll just Absolutely. see what the end product is and give the credit to somebody else.
7: And then we looked at the plants that would have been around at that time. And we've got things like the Cetiums and the Achilles and the Echinops and, and plants like that. And we thought, why don't we we'll, we'll get those in which we actually already had on the prism, but they've been, because the borders over the years had been a little bit forgotten about, it wasn't until we start cutting things back these things started to grow through. So we have those in the garden, then we looked at things might be a little bit more modern. Things like the agapanthus, 90% of the plants that are there we've actually grown from seed or from cuttings. So that's been exciting. So the the planting scheme has really been working with what we have. We haven't had a shopping list and been able to go out and buy really what we wanted. So what we've done is each of us started in a corner and just worked our way backwards and just incorporated all the plants in, but made sure if you look through one plant, maybe it's a a lime green, there might have been a little bit of a purple behind it, but if you looked in another direction, there might be a little bit of the the colour of the sedum, which is like a lime coming through and then that rolls onto it's like a peachy pink of a rose um, and then you've got the darker color of the red of the grass on the back so we hope then from every angle the garden actually changes and looks slightly different my favorite plant is the bells of Ireland, which is usually Really, probably taller than me. Um, but because <laughs> we've kept it in small little pots, it's now only what about six inches, eight inches yeah, tall. Yeah, it's stunted its growth. And it's they have stunted it a little bit, but it, it's great for purpose. So we treated it as a bedding plant, and it's absolutely perfect.
8: What I like about it, it's a bit more hypothetical. Yeah. In the same sense of like we were describing before. Yeah. I don't think many people would expect that. Has come from inside a prison, made by yeah. the women inside a prison.
7: It's just beautiful, isn't it? It's,
8: it's showing something that it's the last thing you'd expect.
7: Chris, who runs grounds the grounds maintenance inside of it, he just turned around and said, This is the most beautiful garden I've ever seen. And we thought that's, that's exactly what we wanted it to be. As much as women go down one road and end up where they are for whatever reason it is, they are still capable of maybe coming out and going down another road. I'm not saying that what happens is you know hasn't happened, but it's, it's like a rehabilitation thing and offering an opportunity to women that they would never have had before. Yeah. And it's like when they're leaving and we say you can now go for a job in the garden centre, you can be a, a, a landscape gardener, you can do gardening, you can go to college. Um, it opens
8: up a whole new world. GCSEs, to
7: them. whatever it's about, you've learned this skill um, and you can sit there and you can sell yourself to people and say actually, Never knew anything about this before, but look what I've learned in such a short amount of time. And they can now say they have a silver guilt at the OHS Tap yeah. Flash Show.
1: <laughs> Thanks to Sean and Sam and to the women behind this project from HMP Style. It's really encouraging, isn't it, to hear how gardening can really help to rehabilitate people in not the easiest of circumstances.
2: And to help them get a new job when they yeah. leave. Yeah. Um, HMP Style has actually been involved at Tatton for many years, I understand. They're doing lots at the prison towards sustainability projects and whether that's growing their own food, uh, setting up beehives and wildlife Fantastic. habitat. Uh, composting waste from the kitchens so hats off to everyone involved with this really pretty garden it's easy to see the impact it could have on helping change people's lives mm,
1: sounds absolutely great doesn't it well that's almost it for today's podcast and rhs flower show tatten park this year if you didn't make it don't worry there are a number of other shows at rhs gardens coming up really soon including the Hyde hall flower show from the 3rd to the 7th of august the Rosemore Flower Show from the 19th to 21st of August, the Wisley Flower Show from the 6th to the 11th of September, and of course the Malvern Autumn Show towards the end of September as well. And you can book your tickets at rhs.org.uk forward slash shows. So Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the programme today. And listeners will be pleased to hear that you're going to be joining us a bit more regularly on the podcast as part of the presenter rotation. So from what we've heard today, is there an idea from Tatton that you'd urge home gardeners to check out more?
2: Well, I would just say uh, plant add plants to your garden if you don't have any always there's always room for one more that's what i'd say
1: thus spoke a true addict
2: (laughs) sorry about that yes it's a wonderful place to get inspiration the floral marquee in particular is just full of planting ideas plant combinations of what to put together and also i like the idea that i touched on earlier about um, those deconstructed pergolas the fact that they add structure and height and you can grow things up them it's um it's a great idea
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Liz. I think that that deconstructed pergola idea is applicable to so many gardens, however big they are. Just adding that little bit of extra permanent height is a really, really nice idea. I'm quite tempted. I'm going to go home and look at my garden in a whole new light and see see what I can fit in. So that's it for today's show. From me, Gareth Richards.
2: And me, Liz Potter.
1: Happy gardening.